the Mets. We What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Shay and Sons Podcast, episode 10 with your boy Keith, my baby brother Keyshawn, and we are presented for the first time by Shay Hello Media. We're doing big things. We got a sponsor, baby brother. <laughs> yeah, the brand is growing, the brand is brawling. Shout out to Shay Hello Media, man. <laughs> Yay, man. Look. I know it's been a few days. We um, we normally record a little earlier than this, um, but hey, look, we had some you know life stuff come up. We weren't available at the time. It is what it is. We are here though right now. Um, but before we begin the episode, we just want to give a shout out to uh, Bleacher Report, Odyssey, uh, the Baseball History Nut. Um, uh, Shea Station, John Boy Media. Who else, bro? Because Little old Wasn't me and Mike you. Mayer, Genie, uh, uh, <laughs> the list goes on and on. There's a, there's a whole bunch of people that, uh, that uh, you know, they shared our stuff. I mean, we had an interesting week just for anybody out there in the, in the tri-state area and in, you know, Canada, the air. Well, there were some big wildfires and um, it, it, it caused a lot of like the really bad air to come over to, you know, the tri-state area. And we had orange skies and. You know, we have some friends in high places, in, in unique places, and we were able to get a photo of City Field, and we went a little viral. So, little, little look at the Shay and Sons, you know, podcast out here doing uh, big things, and, um, you know, we were featured on a lot of very, very, very prominent, uh, you know, um, accounts, and um, it was really cool to see. So, um, you know, I mean, we didn't really do anything for it. We just posted a picture that, you know we have a friend for so it is what yeah. it is um but we're back with a podcast and whew, boy we got a lot to talk we got a lot to talk about it, this, this team yeah. is these team is in the fucking shit man <laughs> yeah it's bad man it's, it's really bad it's it's so different from where we left off man oh, it man. is so different all right so here we're gonna give you guys a rundown we're gonna we got a lot of series to cover we're gonna run through this series really quick. We normally give you the detail, the detail, the ins and outs. We're not going to do that. We're going to fly through the series and we're going to get to Atlanta. When we get to Atlanta, we'll break it down a little bit and we're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to give you guys what we got because there's a lot of takes going around out there in Mets land. A lot of people who write, a lot of people who've been right. A lot of people starting to see the light. A lot of people who are starting to like lose faith. So listen, we can't say it's early anymore, baby, man. It's just, it's looking rough. Um, how about we start in Colorado, baby brother? You ready? All right, let's do it. All right, just to give you guys a heads up, we started in Colorado. We started that series. Our record was 27 and 25, all right? Just to give you guys a heads up. First game, the Mets win that game. We had Max Scherzer on the bump. I actually thought we were going to lose that game. Max Scherzer pitched pretty well. First time he's pitched well in Colorado. Um... Mets win that game 5-2. Okay? Just putting it out there. Mets win that game 5-2. Move on to game number two. Mets lose in Colorado 10-7. Mets put up some runs, guys. We still lost that game. 
That was uh, Justin Verlander's start. Remember that name, Justin Verlander. Okay, guys? Justin Verlander did it fare very well in Colorado, but our young catcher, he started to show us the lights. Our young catcher. We're going to get back to him. Don't worry, guys. And then the rubber match in Colorado. Mets lose 10 to 11. Mets also put up another bunch of runs and managed to lose. It might be a common theme here, guys. Keep that in mind. And the fantastic big drip. Tyler McGill uh, could barely get through the fourth inning. All right. There's going to be a lot of common themes here, guys. All right, we move on. Now, we're sitting here saying, hey, look, we're, 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 we, we, we put up a bunch of runs in Colorado. We didn't get the series dub. It is what it is. We lost the rubber match. We coming home to Philadelphia. We coming home to play the Philadelphia Phillies. And, you know, hey, if the Mets need a pick-me-up, baby brother, you know what that pick-me-up is. And what, what is that pick-me-up? Beating the shit out of Philly. Beating the shit Sweeping out of Philadelphia. Philly. If the Mets could do one thing right this year, all right, that's play the Philadelphia Phillies the way they played them last year, and they, they continue to do so. The first game, we were in the building. We got to see some beautiful, beautiful pitching by Mr. Kodai Senga. The Mets win 2 yeah. nothing. Lindor hit a home run. It was great vibes in the ballpark. You know, regardless of what was going on and, you know, how crazy it was, Kodai Senga... One hit, nine strikeouts, seven innings. I mean, you can't expect anything more. Things are on the up and up. We're all, we're we're sitting here. We're like, all right, look, got the Colorado series out the way. Philadelphia take game one. All right, moving on to game number two. Cookie Carrasco. Now we're all sitting here saying, oh, this is the game we might have to like, you know, hold our tongue. It's Cookie Carrasco on the bump against Philadelphia Phillies with all those smashers. But the Mets find a way to win, four to one. Um, this one, Mark Hanna. Mark Canna, yeah. the mayor of Philadelphia. Holy moly. Yeah. We all know Mark Canna loves playing Philadelphia. So that's two wins against the Philadelphia Phillies. Now we're looking towards a sweep. And, hey, there's no excuse why we can't sweep. We're up against, you know, our, our division rival that we've been really good against lately. So what happens? Max Scherzer is back on the bump. And Max Scherzer, again, seven innings. Seven innings, guys. Keep that in mind. Only two, only two runs, one earned. Mets win. Yep. We sweep the Phillies. Um, you know, we didn't get to, we, we didn't get to really see a lot of offense in the series, but we did manage to sweep the Philadelphia Phillies. So that was a little bit concerning. We got really good starting pitching, but we didn't get a lot of offense. So this is something that the New York Mets are starting to show us. You're going to get one out of the two elements at a time. You're not going to get the starting pitching with the hitting. You're either going to get good hitting and bad starting pitching, or you're going to get good pitching and no hitting. And unfortunately, the trend continues. We start another series at City Field against the Blue Jays, American League team coming to town. First game of the series, Mets lose 3-0. Um, Justin Verlander, six innings, but 113 pitches. I mean... Yeah, 17, 117. Seven, excuse I, me, I, 117. Yeah. I mean, he only gave up one earned run, but did he need to throw 117 pitches, Buck Walter? Just asking. In a game in May uh, or late early June, whatever it was, uh, Mets lose 3-0 to the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, 0 for 6 runners in scoring position. Got good starting pitching. Didn't do nothing with the bats. No runs. Game number two, Mets lose 2-1. to one. Now, lose a game where you could have won. 2-1 to one game. McGill gave you five innings. Good Lord, McGill got out of the, the fourth inning. Play your lottery <laughs> tickets. Oh, my God. Uh, this game, real quick. We're not going to touch on these games much, but this game in particular. 
we decided to pitch to one of the best hitters in the American League rather than walk him. And it came back to bite us in the ass, and we lost the game. Now, that, that, that batter's uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The alternative was Kevin Biggio. So just keep yeah. that in mind. The Mets rather face one of the best hitters, an MVP candidate almost every year, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and not face Kevin Biggio and not play defense down the line. They didn't want to play doubles defense Um whether that's analytics or that's Buck, I don't know. But it, at the end of the day, it all compounds on each other. And the Mets lose the second game in the series. So now we're looking at uh, a sweep after we just swept the Philadelphia Phillies, boys and girls. And unfortunately, got bad news for you guys. The third game of the series, the Philadelphia, uh, excuse me, no, the, the Toronto Blue Jays did just that. They swept us 6-4. to four. The Mets gave you the home run ball, four solo shots, but there's nobody yep. on base. A solo home run is really nice, but it'd be better if we could get some people on base. This is how give you a little bit of an insight. Four solo home runs, but we were 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. So think about that for a minute. You want to be a home run or nothing team, you're not going to win many games when you can't drive in more than one run because, you know, when guys are on base, that's the most important stat in baseball, driving them in, scoring runs. Um, by the way, Kodai Senga started this game on uh, quote-unquote normal rest. It's not normal rust for him. It's normal rust for most pitchers here in America in the major leagues. Yeah. For him, he usually likes six days rest. And he pitched at home. Keep in mind that after this game, we would be on, uh, on an off day heading to Atlanta. And he could have pitched that first game in Atlanta, which I thought would have, should have been the plan. But instead, we kept him on normal rest. And um, it didn't, he didn't fare very well. He had two, two and two-thirds innings. That's, that's not cutting it. And I know... We, we just mentioned he had a really good uh, start, the one that we went to at City Field against the Philadelphia Phillies. But, you know, I, I just don't know if they're handling this young man correctly. If he if he has a schedule that, you know, he's been strict with his whole entire professional career and we're switching it up so that he doesn't go to Atlanta and maybe not do well. Because you could have had Kodai, Max, Verlander in Atlanta and instead it, it turned out to be, you know, Max, Cookie, Verlander. Um, or however the the you know they went in order, but hey, that's why we're fans. We're not you know we're not in the dugout. We're not in the front office. We obviously don't know what's going on. But hey, that's just the questions we want to present to you guys out there. Um, and the Mets get swept. The Mets get swept. Unfortunately, we could not build off the momentum that we had in the Philadelphia series. We didn't build off the momentum in the Guardian series, and we didn't build off the Tampa Bay series really, even though we didn't you know. We had a, lot, a bunch of comeback wins. We're here sitting, watching those games. Oh, this is the moment where the season turns around. And, you know, fast forward two, three weeks later, we're back here, square one. And we're heading to Atlanta. We just got swept by the Blue Jays. Yep. And let me tell you guys, I'm about, to, I'm about to paint you the most sorry story in baseball the next three games. These are the games we're going to dive into. Shout out to whoever's driving by my building. Oh, good Lord. He, he ran away from this story I'm about to tell. Game number one in Atlanta. Mets lose four to six. Carlos Carrasco, five innings, six hits, four earned runs. Um, runners in scoring position, 0 for 1. We scored four runs again, but we didn't get anybody in scoring position. And the, the only one time someone was in scoring position, we didn't do anything with it. So think about that for a minute. We're, we're, we're putting up the home run ball. And we're doing it pretty well. 
where we're not really calculating on other situations and is starting to be a glaring, glaring issue. Uh, this game in particular, Lindor Alonso hit home runs. Those are the guys that we claim that we, when they got when they get going, we we get going. And they yep. gave us the home run ball, Lindor two two RBIs, Alonso two RBIs, each had a home run, and that's it. That's all we got, guys. In 2022, you get four runs with this New York Met team, you win the game. Not this year, guys, because, oh, boy, the fucking Atlanta Braves. They just know how to fucking piss you off, and they just don't die against the New York Mets. They love playing the New York Mets, and we had a three-run lead, guys, and we blew it. Jeff McNeil bobbling a ball in the outfield. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, you know, he, he got butterfingers in the infield. I mean, what's your take on that game one, baby brother? Um, that was, that was such a weird game, right? Because the moment it started, Lindor hits that home run, you know, we go up to nothing that Alonzo answers again. And then he goes back into the dugout, talks his shit. And we're all like, yeah, Alonzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because normally Alonzo is the happy go lucky guy. And, you know, he, he doesn't really exude swag or confidence. But on the other side of that, when you're facing the Braves, a team that's owned you, and you really do that, you know, it's a double-edged sword. So, um, you know, we went into that game with a lot of a lot of angst against the Braves. I guess we had to exercise some demons. I know that Carlos Carrasco pitched his ass off until, you know, our lovely manager left him out hmm. to dry in that sixth inning. Um, and then, obviously, the bullpen came, uh, you know, unraveled at the end. And McNeil, here's the thing about the whole McNeil play, right? You take your left field, you take your, your starting second baseman, you put him in the outfield because you want to get Daniel Vogel back at bats. The reason I say that is because they put Escobar at second. You could have put Escobar at DH. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You wanted to get Daniel Vogel back at bats. And what did Daniel Vogel back do? Down base uh, once. I'll tell you right now. Four at bats. Um, four at bats, three strikeouts. Three strikeouts, he didn't, he didn't get on base once. No. Okay, but I'm wrong. Even worse, three yeah. strikeouts. He provided absolutely nothing, as we all expected from him. And obviously, you mentioned this before, the home run balls are cool. They're really cool, but they're not as cool when you're not getting anybody on base. And we went 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position. Atlanta went 4 for 10. That is, that, that's such a big difference in the quality of the teams that are facing each other. Yeah, uh, a few notes on on this game. Um, it had to be Marcelo Zuna, of course, hitting the home run. Fuck you, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck you, right. Uh, Drew Smith took the loss and a blown save. Uh, keep that one in mind because that name's gonna come up. I guarantee it again before we get through the end of the series. Um, you touched on the Vogel back point. I don't really know what else I can say about that, but I will say this. I've heard a lot of opinions about the Pete Alonso thing where he told uh, the pitcher, he's like, throw it again, throw it again. Uh, Bruce Elder, I believe that's the name. Um, a lot of people don't like Pete Alonso. They think he's a goofball. They think he's weird. They think he has no swag. They think so many things of him. And when he does something that they would want him to do, they're really quick to judge him. It's not fair. It's like, you know, it's really, it's kind of a moronic thing to do. It's, 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 it's not quite something that 
you see from Pete, but when you criticize him for not providing that more often, and then you do criticize him for it, I mean, you kind of you kind of look like a fool for it. Respectfully, I will give you my opinion as more of a Pete fan than you are, and I know well, that's not the Pete. See, the Pete that I like, the Pete that I prefer, is the Pete that's doing the funny stuff on the railing and the humping and all that. I like that Pete. That's to me the innocent little kid Pete. That is, he's weird and goofy. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, they policed it because, you know, Buckshaw Walter wants to be a piece of shit, whatever. It is what it is. But, you know, that's the Pete Alonzo that I know that he's in a good place, you know? The Pete Alonzo that talks shit in the third inning against your your daddy, pretty much. I wasn't too excited to see that. I didn't criticize him for it, but I said, you know what? That could come back to bite you in the ass. And boy, did it did because the later in the game, you have Tyler Matzik and uh, a few other guys on the the, the Braves uh, railing screaming at us and our pitchers to throw shit again. And rightfully so. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how many times this season we're going to have just guys just completely like shove it in our face. Chris Bassett, Marcus Stroman. Now, you know, we giving other teams bulletin material. You giving your biggest rival bulletin material in the third inning. My man, I know you hit a home run and you brought in two runs. I get it. God bless you. I appreciate you. But, you know, there's a reason why we don't win, you know, especially like in important situations because we're doing shit like that. And, I, you know, if he if he does that shit at the eighth inning or the ninth inning and then does it after the game or walking off and we know, you know, the game is in our, in our hands and shit, cool. But we haven't had that type of security at all this season. And, you know... I feel bad saying the shit I'm saying, really. Like, I feel like a piece of shit even coming out and saying this shit. But I think this at this point in the season, the rivalry we have with the Braves needs to be put to the side. And we need to just start focusing for nine innings on us. Stop worrying about shit over there. I know Bruce Elder was having a really good season and shit, and he's probably going to continue having a good season. And whatever, Pete and Lindor hit their home runs. But that's Pete and Lindor, season vets. You know what I'm saying? Lindor, not saying Lindor's better than him, but Lindor hit his home run in the dugout, whatever. And I understand Pete, Pete probably was feeling himself, and it's cool. But you know what, bro? They got the cameras on you, bro, and they're going to use that throw it again from now to the end of the season, the more they beat up on us. So, I mean, just pick your spots. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to say. Just pick your moments. I feel bad for him, though. Because it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't with anything he does. Because they're, they're definitely yeah. grooming him to be like the captain of some sort. And you know, Buckshaw Walters up his ass about celebrations and talking shit and cursing. It's like a fucking elementary school and he's the, the ugly substitute teacher. But the Pete that we we, we criticize, the, the goofy doesn't know, <laughs> big kid, that Pete is deadly. That's the deadly, you know, Pete that Puts up 50-some home runs, 40-some home runs, 140 RBIs. I like that Pete. I'm okay with that Pete. That's our Pete. The Pete that starts talking shit in the third inning, that's not the Pete Alonzo I know. So I had that. You talking right now kind of changed some of my perspective on this because I know during the game I had no issue with it. I kind of welcomed it. I like when my players show some some fire, um, but obviously it's against the Braves. The Braves have our number, and we haven't been able to do shit against them this season. Um, 
when me, I was, let me ask you a question real quick. Home. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah, go ahead. Why he ain't tell the, the Philly pitchers throw it again? You see the difference? Well, he didn't hit against them. But I'm saying the other people did. Like, we own those guys. When we own the team. No, I, I, I mean, uh, Mark, Hanna and, Mark Hanna and Lindor were the only ones that hit in that series. So it's like, Even I get what year, you're though, saying. You know, like, like, I just feel yeah. like when you own the team, like the, the Braves, the Braves guys didn't do any of that. I know Acuna does that. Acuna dances on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Well, they, they, here's the thing, right? They have every right to celebrate, dance, all that because they have championship pedigree. Yep. They want a chip. They can do whatever the hell they feel like. They want Absolutely. a chip on your accord because Absolutely. you have the division in your hands at the trade deadline and you decided to do nothing. Jack shit. Same with last 2021. year. 2021. Yep. 21 and same with last year. You know, yep. we lost the division at, at the second to last series of the year. But that's neither here or there. I changed my perspective a little bit on this. I know at the time I was very, you know, passionate about what Pete did because I never seen that from him and I enjoyed seeing that from him. But obviously looking back, I think it was to your point a little bit out of character for him. Absolutely. That was something I'd never really seen Pete do. And for him to do that. Thinking back on it, it kind of just seems like, like I, I'm always the first one to come at Jimmy Butler when it comes to the fake, fake tough guy shit, and it kind of applies here with Pete Alonso. You know, like he's a rookie pitcher; he's been shoving all year, and you kind of chose to, to, I guess, you know, poke the bear because afterwards we had zero hits and zero runs to show hey, for it. He didn't do a damn thing after he said throw it again. That's my right, problem. Right. So and then it's like just pick your spots better. See, like, yeah. Listen, we you brought up Jimmy Butler. We may not. We both don't like Jimmy Butler. But has Jimmy Butler not shut up a lot of people, especially this run? I mean, he no, has. Oh, one hundred percent. And he's done Even it. Me, yeah. Yeah, he's done it in big moments, and I mean, he's done it where it's like, like, damn him again. You know what I'm saying? Right. With with Pete, right. it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's been times he goes yeah. to Atlanta and he does nothing. You know, it's not all the time. So that's my point about the Philly thing. That's what I was trying to say. It's like, no, that even, yeah, that makes that even makes he didn't, he, yeah, even though he didn't hit in that specific series, we dominate the Philly so much. It's like whatever. But there's but, time. There's times where we play the Braves in an important series. Case in point, last August and September, and. Peter Alonso is nowhere to be found, and Peter Alonso is not over here chirping. And but we doing this yeah. shit. We doing this shit in in the first week of June, and the first series where we go down there, I think that's a little bit out of character, and I think that's that's great bulletin material for the next day. And we're gonna go right into the next day, game number two. The Mets had another lead, three runs, and guess what? The Mets found a way to lose this game, five to seven. This one, this one, I thought was bad. Trust me, it ain't, it gets worse. But in this yeah. one specifically, it's Max Scherzer, who I thought was dealing, and I might sound yeah, like a I hypocrite. Thought, I thought he was dealing, even though for every, for every strikeout, he pretty much gave up a hit. He had 10Ks. He gave up 11 hits. But he, a lot of those hits were bullshit hits. Those were like old school, soft contact man hits that the Braves were having. You know, shout out to Spencer Strider. He dumb shit. Um, but this game, this game, this one was unique because this one may last the whole season. Speaking of Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso comes up for his first at bat in the game. I believe it was in the second inning. 
And he, the first pitch, wakada, right into the wrist. Pete Alonso immediately falls to the ground. And in Pete, in Pete fashion, Pete does this thing where he never likes to show weakness. So he tried to get up quick, and he did. And he tried to like, yo, I'm good, I'm good, walk to first, I don't need no help. And listen, when you get hit, whether it's from Charlie Morton's soft-ass, you know, fastballs, or it's from Aroldis Chapman, you know, 104-mile-per-hour fastballs, it shit still hurts. P had yeah. padding on the wrist. It still caught the wrist. It still caught some of the bone. And immediately, I believe Buckshaw will definitely did do the right thing by taking him out of the game. You know, we don't want guys playing superhero, especially a guy like that. We need to make sure he's okay. So, we lose Pete in the second inning, a game after... Game after, he was chirping, and the Braves came back to beat us. But in this game, we're all sitting here doom and gloom. Up, oh, Pete's hurt. Uh-oh, we're done. What are we going to do? Uh, in comes Tommy Pham, and uh, Mark Hanna moves to first base. And Tommy Pham had a really good game. Tommy Pham out here wilding out on people with a home run, three RBIs. Uh, and to help out Tommy Pham, the, in my personal opinion, the National League Rookie of the Year. Decided to let everybody know in Atlanta who he is, Francisco Alvarez, with the home run and an RBI. Big, 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 big home run. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, Max Scherzer got into trouble. And I felt like he was pitching really well. And I feel like the second he gets into trouble, you know, we don't have the proper guy ready in the bullpen. Because I feel like Buck is dying to get to the sixth inning and complete it. And as you can see here, Max Scherzer, five and two-thirds. And, you know, the, you know what they say about the Mets? If a starter completes the six innings, we usually win. And I felt like he was forcing the narrative in this game. Sometimes, yo, you, you're only going to get, like, five innings from a guy. You just got to eat it. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's just blowing another three-run lead. It's just, it's, it's just absolutely frustrating. And it's even more frustrating that when Pete Alonso got hit in the wrist, yeah, I understand we got to win a game. We're trying to win baseball games. We're trying to win series against our rivals. There was no re- retaliation. And this stems this stems very far back, even past the Buck Showalter era, um, the Kevin Pillar days in Cincinnati in 2021 where he got clipped in the face. This team, no matter who's on this team, whether you like them or not, whether they knew, whether they've been here, it doesn't matter. This team is built in a way that it is never, it is never going to retaliate to anything done towards us. You guys at home, you guys don't want to hear it. It's fine. You don't like it. It's too bad. Tough titty. You got to accept the honest truth. This team has been soft for years. For years. This team is built off a bunch of pussies. And it's been this way for a very long time. I'm not telling the, the 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 next guy that comes up for the for the for the Braves to get one in the neck, but you know what? They could get one in the fucking ribs, because last year we were getting drilled in the mouth and the head and the face, left and right, and it took us like a whole month for somebody to do something, and it was a a, a 27th man taxi squad relief pitcher yeah. to just throw high at Nolan Arenado, and Nolan Arenado, the biggest diva in the league. It wasn't even near his head. He's over here bitching and moaning and trying to act like a tough guy where he ran behind the catcher and just stood there. But whatever, that's not here nor there. Obviously, I've held that in for a while. But the point is, is that Pete Alonso, of all the guys, gets clipped. And you know this is serious because it's on his wrist. And nothing from the Mets. Absolutely nothing. I mean, the Mets fought. They had another three-run lead. They blew it. They tried to come back. It wasn't enough. Um... 
my guy Brooks Raley gave up a big run. It just, you know, Charlie Moyne kissed my ass. It is what it is. We were two for six runners in scoring position. And trust me when I tell you, throughout my notes, throughout the whole season, two for six is better than what we've done normally, but still not good enough. Yeah, it's it's not good enough at all. Um, when you think about what happened the day before with him chirping at Elder and then him getting hit, I know it was unintentional, but along with the fans, you know, kind of amping it up and, and cheering, which is very disgusting, by the way. Atlanta fans, be better. Yeah, they were, they were cheering. I heard that. Yeah. Um, for that to happen and for you to just let it happen and, and turn the other cheek and try to be – you know, the bigger person, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being the bigger person. Somebody needs a 99-mile-per-hour shot to the ribs, shot to the thigh. It doesn't have to be in the head or the wrist or anything. Just retaliate. Show some show some angst. Show some, show like you, you know, you're not, like you said, fucking pussies. Don't be pussies. Like, come on, we're playing baseball. This is This is something that, you know, should not just be let, I'm all for, you know, fuck the old rules and the old guard and all that. And you shouldn't be hitting people at the celebrations. But this is this is a, a point to make to the other team and the, across the league. You led the league in, in most hip-hop pitches last year, and you did nothing about it outside that one point that you made. You haven't done shit. Mm-mm. So it's a little rough that that happened. Obviously, I want Pete to get better soon. It sucks that we're going to lose him for at least a month. Um, it could be longer. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it just it, that really hurt. Obviously, the boys did what they could with the bats afterwards, and um, you know we tried to you know muster up a win. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm looking here at some of my stats. We are during this five game losing streak. We're 27 for 158, which is a 171 average, and then we've only hit. Two for 25 with runners in scoring position. That's under 100 on the batting average scale. Our ERA is five. It's just bad baseball. They Awful want, baseball. They wanted like, us Oakland to hit home runs. Yeah. They wanted the Mets to hit home runs. You got them. Mets are hitting home runs this year. Mets are hitting home runs <laughs> this year. So the Mets lose the series, but we didn't, we didn't get swept yet. Spoiler, yet. No. spoiler alert. We got swept. Um, moving on to game number three. The Mets lose 13 to 10. We blew another fucking three-run lead. The Mets scored 10 runs and lost again. Let's rewind a little bit to the Colorado series. Had seven runs in one game. Had 10 runs in another. Lost both of those games. Fast forward to the Braves. Another 10-run game by the Mets. Found a way to lose. There was a lot in this game. This game is uh, this game can be talked about probably ne- till next year. This yep. game, this game. Let's start with the forty million dollar man, Justin Verlander. I know he threw one hundred and seventeen pitches against the Blue Jays about four or five days earlier, whatever the you know how long ago it was prior. You can't give me three innings, bro. And when, when we signed him, you, like you were sure, respectfully, I'm not trying to come at you. You were trying to lighten me on these moves, especially this Verlander one. And I fucking knew it, bro. 
that this old fuck was going to come here with his shit. Because it's nice to do it in Houston, cool, but you're coming here for a paycheck. And you got 40 million, 42 or 48, whatever the number is, I don't know. Somebody let me know in the comments. It is what it is. And you can't get me more than three innings, bro? Pitch clock or not? This one had nothing to do with no fucking pitch clock. Why the fuck we throwing these 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 lazy curveballs in, in, in hitting counts? Like what are we what is the what are you trying to finesse, bro? Where's the Justin Verlander that that just rears it back and, and, and no nonsense? Where's that guy? Because I I this guy, man, let me tell you something. This guy right here, I think his ERA is touching five. Nah, man, this guy ain't it, bro. And it it is always hard to replace a great player, a great manager, whatever it is. It's usually when you replace them, it's usually the guy who replaced who replaces the replacement that ends up doing good. But this guy right here was supposed to give you something of what the Grom gave us last year, which was only what ten starts, thirteen starts, and we've almost hit that mark. And this is horrible. He's 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 literally Tyler McGill with better PR. <laughs> And it's starting to get very worrying because there's some times where he looks like a really good ace. I mean, you saw him live pitch really good. And then we see this in a game that we need in Atlanta. We're going to play Atlanta a lot more, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Um, So, okay, he gives us three innings. But thankfully, thankfully, the offense is here. And unfortunately, fortunately, this is one of those games the offense can hold their head up high because it wasn't pretty, but it was extremely effective. I'm going to go down the list, one through nine, all right? Nimmo, one for five, grand slam, four RBIs. Alvarez, two for five, two home runs, three RBIs, National League Rookie of the Year. McNeil, two for six, struck out three times, though. But you had six at-bats. And three of those were strikeouts. Not good, McNeil. You're batting third. Lindor, two for four, a run, a walk, a stolen base. Very good. First time batting fourth in the in the Pete Alonso slot. Very effective. Brett Beatty, two for four, rookie, run, RBI, walk, one strikeout, on base three times. Love it. Marte, three for five, a Marte sighting. Holy shit. It's like for the UFOs the fucking government got this week. Three for five, two runs, one RBI, a strikeout, but a fucking error. What is going on with this guy's defense? Tommy Pham, one for four, a double, RBI, a walk, and two strikeouts. And Tommy Pham, in my honest opinion, I don't know how the fuck Ronald Acuna stole that double for him. That was one of the best plays we've seen all year. But shout out to Ronald Acuna because Tommy Pham should have been at least two for four with more RBIs. But it is what it is. Omar Narvaez, who I got a real big problem with. One for five, one run, two strikeouts, and he couldn't frame a picture on the fucking wall. Because I know Verlander didn't have it, but this guy cannot steal a strike for shit. He looks like Wario back there, fucking bum. Vientos, 0 for 5, three strikeouts, hasn't played since Obama was in office. What do you expect from him? Anyways, moving on. Now we got the bullpen. Because this piece of shit of a starter can't give you more than three innings. Nagosik, 1 and 1 and 1 and 1 and... One inning and one out, four hits, one run, one earn, one home run, typical. Brigham. Brigham actually brushed back one of their players. I think it was Acuna. One inning, one hit, one earn, one run. Oh, my God. Everybody's giving up earned runs. Brooks Raley, clean inning, two hits, no runs. Drew fucking Smith. Here we go again. I did say remember this name. One inning, two hits, 
two runs, two earned, one home run to fucking Travis Darno. If you're going to give up a home run, don't give it up to him, bro. That's the last motherfucker we need to see fucking killing the Mets because I'm sick of it. Unfortunately, David Robinson was in to close the game. It was him and Orlando Arcia, and I think he struck him out twice in that at-bat. And guess what happened? Orlando Arcia tied the game at 10. Tied the game at 10. And in extra innings, because we had to use the whole fucking bullpen, Buck had no choice but to go to the famous Tommy Hunter. And Tommy Hunter, in Tommy Hunter fashion, because I think in my personal opinion, Tommy Hunter is the pitching version of Vogelback. Tommy Hunter got walked off on by Ozzy Albies. And I've told you this many times since 2021 that Ozzy Albies, to me, he scares me more than Acuna, Austin Riley, and all of them. That yep. little motherfucker kills the Mets. When we lost 22-2 to in 2021, and that loss is still with me. Fucking Albies going off. I just don't get it. But anyways, there's even more notes on this game. Because this shit, yeah. all three games, we had three-run leads and blew it. All three games. And then this game, it felt like the longest game of the year with the sh- in the in the hear me the shot clock, the pitch clock era. Every time I'm looking, I'm like, why is this game not done? How how could you how 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 many games you gonna need 10 runs or more to win? Because this pitching staff is pitiful, disgraceful. It's an embarrassment, one through five, and the entire bullpen. You know, I hate to kill uh, David Robinson because for a while he was the man, but nah, this ain't it, bro. Our runners for score, our runners in scoring position numbers four for seventeen. At least we had seventeen guys though in position to score. So yep. even though we didn't, we weren't only we were only effective four times. Thirteen other times we were we had a guy on second or farther, and that means that the pitcher has to think twice about, twice about what's going on with the current at bat. So I like that. It's still not good enough, but it's better than what we had prior. You know, I don't know how we recover from this loss. I mean, you're putting up 10 runs and you're still fucking finding a way to lose. This bullpen, this bullpen belongs in, in high A because this bullpen is hot ass. And we were praising this bullpen not too long ago, but this bullpen ain't yeah. shit. They burnt out. They just don't know what to do. All of them, they're all garbage. You know, Nimmo has a grand slam and we can't win the game? Like, what the fuck, bro? All the kids came up, except all the kids did their thing except Vientos. Vientos had a bad day, but Beatty and Alvarez did their fucking thing. Oh, man. Verlander, Billy Epler, Buckshaw, Walter, Cohen, even Cohen. Kiss my ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I'm sorry. And then what kills me, my last thing. If you're going to have a post-game presser, right? If you don't want to kill nobody, I understand. I understand you want to protect your guys. I get it. You want to keep the clubhouse intact as much as possible. I understand. But as you can see right now, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm about to lose my shit because this manager, why are we congratulating the opposition every time we get our ass beat? Why are we so in love with everyone else? Why can't we tell the world how much we fucking stink? Why? I've said it in the past. I want, I know why people like scream, kick and scream about this team and they needed to like let off their steam. But when you see the guy who's supposed to lead you in and out of war, especially a day after you lose your best player, just over here saying, no, the Braves were good. I think we we tried really hard. We put up 10 runs. We, I'm very proud of our guys, but the Braves are awesome. That's a sign of a loser, bro. And that's exactly what Buck Walter has been his entire career. An absolute loser, bro. So that that's 
Drew Smith, Verlander, pussies. Tommy Hunter, Vogel back with a fucking with a, with a curveball, fucking bum. But everybody else, the offense, I'm not I'm not killing nobody on offense for this one. No, there's no use in wasting energy on the offense. I I have so much to say. Yeah, but I'll let it off. Hold on one. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Oh, this motherfucker ain't shit. <laughs> Do I look good? I look good? You see me on camera? I look good? Yeah, you look know. great. Oh, man. Thank wow. you. That's a new Thank selfie. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to bring it to the game. Can't wait. No, but all seriousness, man. All seriousness. When we're talking about this fucking team. But a couple years ago, this this... This wow. team would have put me in like a extreme crippling depression, but I've grown as a person. I think you've grown as a person as well. So this doesn't affect us as much as it should. But when you do that against Spencer Strider, the same guy who has talked so much shit about you. I forgot you, he was pitching. Right? You're right. Yep. The, the same guy that has the career average against the Mets, 23.2 uh, innings pitched, seven games that he's pitched, five that he started with a seven ERA against the Mets. The Mets beat the life out of him every time he pitches against us. You go into the game, you you obviously missing your best, your, I think your best hitter, and you come out and you score 10 runs. There's no excuse for losing that fucking game. No excuse for losing that fucking game, let alone losing the other two games. Mm -hmm. This is this is uh, indictment, this game, perfectly encapsulates the fucking season for the Mets. And it, it, it is a representation of the ineptitude from Billy Epler, yep. Steve Cohen, and Buck Showalter. It oh, is yeah. a perfect example of what they haven't done mm -hmm. rather than what they have done. Because we know what they have done. They, they, they got us a, a really nice scoreboard. I don't know if you heard. They got us a really nice scoreboard. Mm -hmm. They got us uh, two... Two 40-year-old pitchers, two guys that, like you said, I vouch for, two 40-year-old two pitchers that haven't done shit, really, right? One of them I thought could fill the shoes of the other guy who left, who, by the way, has Tommy John, neither here nor there, but that, you know, kind of speaks to my point. But either way, the guy the guy that I'm trying to vouch for is just pitching fucking B BP every other start, so it doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. Then we look at we look at the bullpen, right? Beginning of the season, I think that me and you fell on the same sword of thinking that this bullpen could be really good as long as the starters hold up their end of the bargain. And it, 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 yeah, pie in the face. We're clowns for thinking that. You know why? Because it also stems from them not having starting pitching, right? Us not having starting pitching feeds into guys like Adovino, Brooks Raley, Drew Smith, Robertson, all getting wasted. By the time we hit the trade deadline, those boys' arms will be brisket on a fucking Thanksgiving afternoon. <laughs> it is over for them. So let's not even think about, you know, oh, yeah, you know, once we get some length out of the guys, the bullpen will come together. No, it's, it's, that ship has sailed. It is what it is. This is what we have, mm -hmm. right? I can't blame the offense at all for this series. There's nobody I can look at and say, you're the reason why we lost on, on, on offense. There is nobody. Everybody showed up to play, except for the pitching. Well, and like uh, you said, McNeil was kind of shitty. McNeil was kind of shitty. McNeil was McNeil was shitty. He's had one extra base hit in his last twenty-five uh, 
uh, games or so, I think. Like, something, some crazy shit like that. He's been bad. He's been bad. And I, I, I tend to, you know, defend McNeil sometimes. I'll say this. You sweep Philly. You sweep Philly without hitting. You pitch. You pitch your ass off against Philly. I think the bullpen gave up zero runs in that series, by the way. They were good. You go into Toronto, you don't. Right. You go into Toronto, you don't hit. You, 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 well, they come to us, but you don't hit at all. And then there's some questionable decisions by the manager. By the way, he let Justin Verlander throw a, almost 120 pitches, right? And then you're expecting him to be a I, – I, listen, I know the guy has to pitch and he has to hold up his end of the bargain, but almost 120 pitches in a one-run game. At 40 years old. Come on, bro. At 40 years at old. At 40 years old. I'm sorry. What are you doing, that's, bro? That's not – Let's that's keep it a bad. That's bad, bro. Economics but economics yeah what the fuck are we doing right let's let's point to that then we come to atlanta the offense is on fire hitting on all cylinders we can't get no pitching there's no consistency with this team on all fronts when they pitch they can't hit when they hit they can't pitch when they do both cross your fingers that they win <laughs> i have a stat here that says that that i wrote down um the Mets have won 122 consecutive games when leading after eight innings, dating back to September of 2021. That, that was the longest streak in the MLB. You know when they got snapped? This week. That last game. Yep. yep. Yeah, sounds about right. That is, that, that right there, that streak being ended pretty much sums up where we're at right now. Yep. This team is a, this team Identity-wise, is a lot, a lot more the same from last year. Yes, we have a lot of the same guys, but a lot of those guys had career years, and it's not, it's not happening this year. And well, technically, we had a, we had a guy who was probably going to get sixty home runs and be lucky if he, you know, gets that anywhere too, near that. That, that. that definitely plays a part. Yes. But this year, we're seeing it all crumble. We're seeing the other side of it. A lot of guys on the on the back end of their careers just shitting themselves and not playing up to their standards. Yeah, you know, we're a, seeing it, guys it, that we no, go ahead, go ahead. We're, we're seeing guys that we consistently rely on. Mm-hmm. I know that me and you both love to to defend Francisco Lindor, but before this series, he was playing awful, awful baseball from the plate. I know that me and you love Elvis, to defend Elvis him. Andrews with yellow hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's on drugs with Tom Simmons. Yeah. And we're, 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 we're blonde hair. And no, a, no, he's and a Gucci Lugo. glove. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Johnny Peralta. I see you, Johnny Peralta. Johnny Peralta. <laughs> Rafael Fakal. I see you, bro. I see no, you. don't disrespect bro. Rafael Fakal. Yeah, Fakal is nice. Fakal is nice. He got Ooh. Tommy John, which is crazy. But look, I'm going to no, wrap no, this no, up no, by saying. The joke that Mets fans use is Ruben Tejada. And I'm just like, all right, you guys can do that, better. That's so we can do, we can do nah, better than that one. Nah. Come on, guys. Mets fans are not the most creative, by the way. I'll say yeah. that. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> um, to wrap this one up, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. You sweep the Phillies, you get swept by the Braves, and now you're in no man's land. Oh, you get swept by the Blue Jays and the Braves, by the way. Blue Jays and the Braves, excuse me. So it's Mm -hmm. a six-game losing streak. Yep. Right? And that's that. we've dropped six games. That's the first time since 2019. 
That was a long time ago. I wasn't watching the Mets. I hated the Mets. You know why? Because I hated Mickey Calloway. Mm-hmm. I hated Brody Wagon, Brody so, Bam, whatever the fuck. So, fuck did I, so did I. And we were both told that Mickey Calloway was a good manager by Mr. Shane. Oh, the patriarchy. The, the, the patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah, we were told we and were we told both, by our father that Mickey Calloway was was gonna be great, and we both looked at him great. like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I that, stopped we watching the we Mets. We weren't stupid. I stopped watching the Mets during that time. They got a new owner. I I found my joy back, and now we are here. I am I am not close to losing my joy, but we are getting there. Oh yeah, we we are getting there. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my thing: is that. My favorite part about a team crumbling and absolutely, you know, just falling into pieces of abyss is you can always fix it. I love that. That's my favorite part about like, like the the concept of being like a GM and playing MLB the show. Oh yeah, I love that. I love constructing <laughs> a team. I love that. You know, yeah. um, I, you know, I like take I like to take great pride in that. You know, I, that's something that like you can. It's a reflection of you. You know, you sit yeah. there and you say, that's the team I put together. That's the team that I decided to to present to Major League Baseball as, you know, a contender. And, um, right. yeah, I'll live and die with these guys. So, you know, you would think that, you know, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. But, unfortunately, you know, as someone who hates Buck Showalter, you got Billy Epler, who's just as bad. And we have to hope and pray that that guy can, you know, pull a rabbit out of his ass. But... Not really, because almost all his moves result in DFAs. Every single one, except Vogelback, which I think he's not going to DFA him because if he if he DFAs him, that's almost every single move he's made within both seasons. He's been as a GM that has absolutely failed. I don't think there's there's been a a, a move that he's well, Tommy Pham, I guess you know, and Chris Bassett and Chris Bassett is not here no more, you know. That's yeah. like that. That's why it's a failure at the end. Of, and he failed when we needed to win in Atlanta. So it's like, yeah. you know, this guy's OPS is like for a GM is like in the four hundreds. <laughs> it's like, bro. So like, I'm sitting here telling you, I want to be able to sit here and like, let's fix it. You know, blow it up, fix it, whatever. But I don't think we have the the personnel to to have the the wherewithal to to do so. And I think. The stubbornness of a veteran manager who has full belief in the GM, by the way. Um, they think they could, like I've said in the past, they think they can make wine with water. And I think that it's fool's gold. This is a new baseball game. This is a young man's game. We've seen it with the clock. We've seen it all around baseball. Look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're the like most electric team in baseball. Pittsburgh yep. Pirates, spoiler alert, they beat the shit out of us tonight. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Look at the Texas Rangers. Yeah, a little bit more veterans, but a lot of young players on the team too. Look at the Mets. The Mets, the best part of the Mets season right now is Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. Anything they, those guys do. And Viento's not yep. hitting, cool, but you know anything he would provide, we're going to go crazy for because we're so tired of these veterans. We're so tired of them. We hang on to Lindor because he's relatively young. And he's a sure step we've never had in the past, but he's not producing. Yeah, he's getting RBIs, he's getting home runs, but now that Pete's gone, we got to look to him to carry us. We have to. And a lot of people don't have a lot of confidence in him. I get it. You know, his track record isn't great with New York Mets and the fans. I understand. I get it. But let's think about it for a minute. People that we hated, Dom Smith, we could use him right now. 
what I'm saying? Seth Lugo, we hated him. Could use him right now. Trevor yeah. Williams hated him. Could use him right now. You know, I love them. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. Guys like yeah. that, like f- fucking using Nick Plummer in a game against Philadelphia and hits a walk off home yeah. run, like or the game time home run, whatever it was, like Travis Blankenhorn, Travis yeah. Blankenhorn, <laughs> Travis Jankowski. You know what I'm saying? Janikowski like, has almost a 300 average, by the way, right now. You know what I'm saying? And it's like every every move that has been made under this regime has been absolutely a fucking fallacy. And it's been blown up in our faces. And it's it's it was dumb. When they hired Billy Epler, no one cheered. No one. And the fact that you have people believing that he is here just to get Shohei Otani to me, tells me that he's not the guy to get Shohei Otani. I don't give a shit if he brought him to Anaheim. Is there anyone out there that honestly thinks maybe Shohei Otani went to Anaheim because he could get to Japan faster? Not because Billy Epler's fucking sung him the song of love and shit? Does, does Shohei Otani ever... I mean, we wouldn't know. We don't speak the language. But would Shohei Otani go to bat for Billy fucking Epler? No. Shohei Otani would embarrass his own teammate that's a living, breathing Hall of Famer. He gave two shits about fucking Billy Epler. So any Met fan that thinks Otani's coming to New York, I'm sorry, I disagree at the moment. Because of Billy Epler. I don't think he could pull him here. Justin Verlander was 40 years old, coming off a Cy Young year, where the year prior, he had Tommy John. You think Houston was going to give him money? No. Houston didn't pay George Springer. You know what I'm saying? Houston don't pay a lot of guys. A lot of guys leave Houston. You know what I'm saying? And the Houston looks smarter all the time for letting them go, let those guys go. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys like McNeil. I'm going to sound like a McNeil hater this episode. But did we ha- even though it's a cheap deal, maybe we should have let him go. Maybe. Maybe maybe that was a move that we should have ate. You know what I'm saying? Whatever he whatever the numbers he has now, if he would have had him on another team, would you really be mad? You know what I'm saying? But he's here stinking it up. Marcana Good Lord. Good Lord. Horrible. Horrible. One of the worst players we've had. I've said this before we even started this podcast. Horrible baseball player. Terrible. You could give me his WRC plus XYZ tangent and cosine, whatever the fuck you want to give me. That shit stinks to me. My eyes don't lie to me, bro. If it's not the Phillies, okay, he's a stinko. All right? He's a fraud. Starling Marte has fallen off a fucking cliff. A fucking cliff. Okay? The hookah is empty. It's done. It's over. My man's is not himself no more, bro. He has hit a wall. The decline is here. And you got two more years, $39 million owed to him. We stuck. Unless somebody's going to give him $20 million. These are these yeah. are moves on the Billy Epler and and I mean whether you think Sandy Alderson is there in the shadows, I don't know. But those are Oakland A motherfuckers, and I tell you guys all the time. I don't just tell you; I tell everybody this. When we go shopping in Oakland, we don't go to Whole Foods. You know what I'm saying? We don't go to the nice, you know. We don't go to 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 BJ's. We don't go to Costco. No, we go to Fine Fair. We go to Food Bazaar. Because that's where we go shopping when we go to Oakland. We get bums. But Toronto goes and gets Matt Chapman. You know what I'm saying? They go get the right guy. And that shit pisses me off. Because there's good players in Oakland. You just don't know which one to pick. 
know what I'm saying? There's plenty more. I can't even think of them right now. That some team. Matt like, Olson. Matt Sean Olson. Murphy. Sean Murphy. <laughs> Two for Atlanta. But when we go to Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon. When we go to Oakland, we don't shop in the right places because we don't know no. what the fuck we're doing. We're cheap. We're cheap. We're cheap. We're stupid. Yeah. And we're complacent. And a lot of our Mets fans are tired of it. You know what I'm saying? We're sick of it. I know you wanted to talk yeah. about like if we're going to be sellers and stuff, but it's hard. It's hard to be sellers when you're at, I never, I don't think the only time I can honestly sit here and tell you that I've seen a team in a, in a similar position recently, 2021 White Sox. They won the division. You're sitting here thinking, wow, Lance Lynn, Giolito, baby Kopech, Dylan Cease, baby. Um, they had a lot of, they had Kendall Graveman. Uh, they had a lot of guys. I don't know if they had Graveman. Actually, I might be a year too early. But they had a lot of good guys in the bullpen. Joe Kelly, stuff like that. They had guys. They had guys. They had guys ripping the ball. Luis Robert was even was even playing all the time. He was hurt. Eli Jimenez was hurt. But they were they were pounding guys, bro. Pause. They were tearing, tearing up the league. They destroyed that division, which was a fraud of a division. You know, Yasmani Grandal. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? They have yeah. veterans pulling up and doing shit that you didn't expect them to do. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? They won the division and they fell flat on their face in the wild card round. And what happened the year after, which was last year, they imploded. Absolutely imploded. Tony LaRusa, old manager, behind the times, and they tuned them out. And no one cared. No one listened. You know, they have a former MVP on their team, Abreu. And last year, they let him walk. I mean, he hasn't been great this year. But the point is, is that they had guys. They had leaders. They had a lot of Spanish players. They had a lot of, you know, American players. They had, they had their cliques just like the Mets have their cliques. And everybody was in their, own, in their own way. And they were just sick and tired of the voice that was given to them. And they just was like, right, I'm clocking in and clocking out. That's the vibe I get with these guys. Last year, great year. Didn't win the division. Should have won the division. Should have beaten the Padres. I believe it in my heart. Yeah. What happened this year? Fall on our face. And this is the problem. If you become sellers, here's the thing. If you guys want to go down that route and become sellers, it's going to be a long time before we become like serious, a serious ball club. Because if you start selling, the guys you got to sell, like the number one guy you have to start thinking about is Pete. Because he's not on the contract. If you want to be a seller, you got to sell Pete. In my opinion. Who are you going to sell? Senga? Just got here. He's not going to leave. You can't sell Lindor. $32 million for the next, what, eight, nine years? No trade clause for the next three. 2027, the trade clause is gone. Then you can start talking about getting rid of him if you want to get rid of him. You're not going to trade. You, 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 I mean, you're not going to trade Nemo. You just got him. You just gave him the money. So that means you're going to get rid of the best catching prospect the, the, the club has ever had. You know, the best third base prospect that we've had since since right. It's the honest truth. And who knows what the hell Mauricio is? We don't know. We don't know. Mauricio's killing bum pitchers. I hope he comes up here and rapes. Rakes, excuse my language. Rakes. R-A-K-E-S. Rakes. But we don't know. You know what I'm saying? We Vientos, they, the organization doesn't like Vientos. We like Vientos. The New York Mets don't like Vientos. They want to get rid of him. Vientos will be traded very soon, in my opinion. He's the kid that they will try to tell. 
Yeah, I think so too. So that, that if you want to sell, you got to look at in terms of the kids. He's number one. You're not going to trade any of the pitching prospects they have in the farm. They, they can't afford to. Mike Vassell was the best pitching prospect they've had. I don't know what the hell he is. I don't know, but he's promising. You know what I'm saying? David Robertson. You want to get rid of your best bullpen arm? For what? You better be getting a hole. You better be getting a hole. Kansas City just said Aroldis Chapman um, plus uh, the 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 catcher uh, Salvador Perez, and and, and we'll, we'll get rid of them for two high end prospects. Bro, are you crazy? These guys, you got one year left of of Chapman, and you gotta pay 40, 30, 40 million left of Salvador Perez's money. No way. No way. No way. I mean, if you have the assets to do so, I mean, by all means, but not us. We don't have those assets. The guys you got to look to trade, you got to sell McNeil because it's a team-friendly deal. But, you know, the fans will have an uproar because, you know, he's a big fan favorite. Marte, if you could get somebody to bite. So the only piece you got that works is Alonzo, and he's not going anywhere. Pete won't leave. Pete, this is Pete's home. You know what I'm saying? It's just because they haven't paid him yet, but they will pay him. And that topic is a whole nother discussion, depending how much they want to pay him. But the Mets right now, they can't be sellers, even if they wanted to. I think what the Mets have to do, they have to be sitters. And they have to sit this out. They have to be patient. And I know the fans well, have no patience. At, I know. The, this is the one thing they're good at. That's yeah. the thing. They're good at that. But is the owner okay with that? You know, we don't well, know. We don't, we're going to find here's out. The, yeah. Here's the thing in regards to him. I know a lot of fans online are calling for him to do something. What the fuck is he going to do? Tell me. Because I think, there's, I, I think what, he has what, to. What are you, he has to fire the, the hitting manager. That's what he has to. That's got to be the first step. What, we can fire. We can fire a hitting coach. We can fire Jeremy Hefner. I like Jeremy Hefner, but he hasn't he hasn't really wowed me this year. Mm-hmm. We can do that. That's fine. But if they're the same team, what are we doing? The thing is, it's, with it's, he, the 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 only thing about Hefner, which is going to keep him in the job this year, is because he has the rapport with Senga, and him and Senga have been working together with the translator. That's that's the only thing that's keeping him in the job. Because he's been poor this year. He hasn't prepared them for the pitch clock. And I know a lot he hasn't, of better, he, hasn't been good he hasn't been good, but this is this is they're not they cannot afford Senga to fall off the rails because he's still learning the language with a new guy yeah. that he may not get along with. He clearly him and Hefner are getting along just fine. So that's something that's gonna stay with them. The hitting coach, now this this is the shittiest shit because we fired a hitting coach in the past and he was a pretty darn good one, Chili Davis. You fire this guy, Jeremy Barnes, who we, we all don't even know much about, but he, we know that it's the wrong approach. You fire him, and uh, to prove your point, nothing may come of it, but as, at, at least, at least, here's the thing, at least we're seeing something. We're seeing that he's impatient. We're seeing that he may have, you know, maybe a little bit like of a short fuse, but he, this is the thing, guys. Be careful what you wish for, because if nobody wanted the GM job when he became the owner, they probably knew that this guy in his other, you know, walks of life 
is very threatening to his employees and he'll get rid of you if you are not performing. If he starts cutting heads mid-season because we're all impatient, it's going to be very hard to get really quality coaching and, you know, into the building. And even though we have well, Buck, that- even though we have Buck and look, I, I shit on Buck all the time. It's just he, eventually it's going to be him, you know, but got I think that um, two things, right? Him, I think that speaks more to to him possibly not doing anything. Like, what expect? What do you honestly expect him to do? Because it it, it creates like this this very toxic work environment where you know you sign a contract, you agree to a deal, and everything is fine, and then all of a sudden your bags are packed, right? And that's not that's not how you build the culture. Nope. I think the reason why he chose a manager of, well, he helped choose a manager because we all know that well, how Buck Showalter got this job. He was a big fan of, of Billy Upler when he got hired on MLB Network, but that's neither here or there. Check our um, tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Cohen, I think the, one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why Buck is here is because Cohen wanted a culture builder. He wanted somebody who was going to establish a culture. We we came from Luis Rojas and Mickey Calloway. It was getting worse after Terry Collins, you know? So when it comes to Cohen doing something, look, Daniel Vogelback is still on the team. Like, what do you, like, honestly, like, like firing a heading coach, that's, so far, that doesn't seem like something he would do. Seems a little bit uncharacteristic of him from what he's shown us. But then again, well, I understand where fans are coming from when it comes to, you know, trying to do something, getting us, you know, I guess going or or, or holding guys accountable. I understand it. But I right can, now, to I your can point, combat that, probably, I, I can combat you that. The hitting coach last year is now the bench coach. So. Well, he, he's, he seems like the successor to well, me. I'm not thrilled of that idea. I'm not either, but I'm just saying. I, no, I yeah, think I that's, where that's, they, not, where that's something that I'm probably more against than anything. But the hitting coach last year is now the bench coach. So last year, we were one of the better offenses in terms of getting run scored. The thing is, is that this year, the approach and style is so out of character for the Mets. Is that we've had, yeah. we've had a really good week offensively. But then... It will not fool any Met fan. Next week, we 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 just we go dormant because we're tr- everybody's trying to hit the ball at the park, and that's what it is. Like, we've have we have sixty three games of evidence. Brandon Nimmo yeah. is trying to hit the ball for power. McNeil is trying to hit the ball for power. He's not the guy. This is two thousand twenty one McNeil Lindor trying to hit the ball to the moon left handed every chance he gets. Pete. Now Pete's always been a home run guy, but Pete is only is at this point is home run or nothing. It's in it's 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 there. Like there's no you can disagree with it because you don't like it, but it's there. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's the case for Marte. I think it's different. I think Marte's just just declining. But the, it's just old. Yeah. It's just old. It's just getting there. I just think just look at the at bats. If you want, look. This is the thing. Look at Brandon Nimmo's at bats. That's how you know. The philosophy has changed. And here's the thing. In my opinion, maybe, you know, dad likes to go on about analytics and it's ruining the sport and it's not something that's going to help, especially the Mets. 
But the Mets have made their bet. They're going to use analytics to a certain degree, whether we like it or we don't. You know right. what I'm saying? We know firsthand that even though analytics calls the shots in some regard, that Buck breaks the lineup. Buck is the okay approver of the lineup. But if you got guys in there that are not accustomed to doing the things that make them made them who they were in their career years, it doesn't matter what the lineup is the next day. It doesn't matter. That's where analytics fails. Analytics doesn't dive deep into the brain of the baseball player. Analytics does the projections, and it tells you what's your best chance to win. But it doesn't tell you the mindset of a baseball player. It doesn't tell you the mindset how how the it, perfect the Mets will struggle for about two weeks and then wake up offensively. But before that, you know that emergence of offense, the analytics is not telling you. Oh, he's been struggling. Maybe we should give him a day off. Nope. Keep playing him. Where also. You're Something that speaks to your point, not to interrupt. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. that definitely speaks to your point is we have a new lineup every single day. We are in June. We are in June getting new lineups every day. This is the problem I have with the manager is that when I, as much shit as I give him, I respect him enough to say, hey, at this point, Marte, as much as I'm, I'm killing Marte, but Marte should be the second hole guy. Leave it how it was. Nemo Marte. You need to at least gamble with that with that element of speed. You gotta get those guys on base. Let them let them figure it out. But if they had the approach that they had last year, you know, especially Nemo, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot easier as it trickles down. Now here's the thing though. This is the big element in the, the big elephant in the room is that I think they're forcing more analytics this year is because we have more guys that have never been on a major league field before. I really believe that. I believe that the kids are, are, they're trying to protect the kids in ways that we may not approve because they don't want to ruin their, their growth. You know what I'm saying? I've, you know, shout out to my boy, Jojo on on Twitter. Jojo has been telling me from the dawn of time, play Beatty higher in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? They won't do it because they want to. They don't want to ruin him with like two bad weeks of production. Even though he'll give you two bad weeks of production, batting fifth. But the easy fix, he he here's the easy fix on the confidence level of a baseball player. Oh, you're batting fifth. You're struggling. I'll drop you to seventh. Not a big difference. Not a big difference. Yeah. But if you're batting yeah, and, second, and, and, if you're batting second, and you have bad two weeks, and you go from two to seven, or two to six. The world is gonna know. This is the problem. Yeah. I, this is the problem I have with the, how they've handled Jeff McNeil. Because Jeff McNeil, one day last year, Jeff McNeil, when he batted behind Alonzo, the team's OPS, the team had a, a t- OPS of over a thousand. Because McNeil, McNeil protected Alonzo. McNeil this yeah. year, he's batting second, he's batting third, he's batting sixth, he's batting fifth, he's batting seventh, he's batting eighth. Why? Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because he's got to protect more than just one person this year than Alonzo. He's got to protect two rookies. We didn't have two rookies the whole year. That's true. Right. But, but his, he, his, his, part, his part of that, I'm sorry. No, yeah, his yeah, part yeah. of that, right, it's a trickle effect. It's a domino effect, right? These kids are not supposed to be up. <laughs> if the veterans did their job, right, I'd probably well, maybe at the maybe Beatty. Beatty, okay, I'll give you Beatty. Beatty but definitely be. not, definitely not Vientos. And not they Alvarez. were, they, they were swearing to everybody that Alvarez could not catch 
So they kept them there for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is a trickle effect, right? Guys that we've purchased, that we've sought out, not performing, us taking these kids, whether whether they think they're ready or not, pushing them mm -hmm. into starting lineup, and then them producing, mm -hmm. but then not having enough information to go back off of to know where they're most comfortable. Then you see all the lineup changes. You see all this mixing and matching. Jeff McNeil, a veteran, a batting champion, go up and down the lineup. No continuity. No. We're in June. And there is, we don't even know who's the set person at what order other than Nimmo. Yeah. And then Alonzo. Alonzo bats fourth. That's and it. Alonzo. And, and, and he's on the IL. So, yeah. and we know, we know Lindor's going to either bat second or third. That's it. That's all we know. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he may have a different role now that Alonzo's out, but that's just because Alonzo's out, you know? So that doesn't really right. mean that he's trying anything new. It's just because, you know, there's nothing he can do at this point. He's kind of right. he's kind of strapped, you know? The thing is, is that the one thing about the lineup is that the, we, the reason why it's analytically driven and it's also okayed by Buck is because we all know when a lefty's pitching, Vogie's not playing, and neither is Beatty. <laughs> even though even though Beatty is doing well against lefty, lefties, it's it's weird. He keeps yeah. doing this thing, but when there's a righty, and you know Vogie's gonna play, so it's like that's where I have a problem with Buck not kind right. of stepping in and cutting off the analytic part of the game. And it's just like maybe we should stick with the kid a little longer, even though it's a right-handed bat. It's like. How many lefties are there in Major League Baseball that we're going to face throughout the week? Not many. That's why the kid doesn't play. I'm talking about Vientos. You know, and Beatty has gotten at-bats against lefties, yes. But the point is, is that the one constant that everyone wants to see is Vogel back not in the lineup. But the only way to get him out of the lineup is that we have to continue to face left-handed pitching, which is not a lot of. So, you know, they want Vogel back in there because why? They need more guys on base. But here's the problem. Get a guy like that on base, he can't move. How many times we've seen this year this guy make blunders running we, on the bases? We've talked about it so many times on yep. here so when it comes is, to him. It's like there's nothing that really fixes this lineup other than the fact that you have to just, like, give the young guys a lot more uh, of a leash. And I just don't yeah. think that they're willing to do that because they're mathematically still in the race. When we watch with our eyes, we know that this team mentally, physically, emotionally have absolutely failed to deliver. And I know it's early, and I hate saying it, but I don't think it's that early anymore. <laughs> it's 63 no. games in. We got 190-something uh, or whatever left to go. You know, yeah, they, yeah they, could I, go, I, they could go on a run, sure. I'm not doubting that, but I'm, I may, I'm yeah. just saying it may be too little too late, and that's very Mets-like. Yeah, I, I was all for talking people off the ledge six games into the season, 10 games into the season, even 20. But now we know what they are. Absolutely. We're 60 games into the season. We have less than 100 to go. We kind of have a feel for what this team is. And there's probably they'll, – they'll snap this six-game skid or seven-game, whatever we're at right now. But it's not going to get any better. No. If, we're, if, if anything, we'll be very lucky to – win 85 games at this point i would say 85 games may get you a wild card so i mean i'll take it but like you said we gotta it'd be luck and we have to hope and pray everyone around us just falls off a cliff but i mean and here's the thing here's a hit not not no, sorry to interrupt again but yeah. here's the thing right 
this all comes back to I know that Buck definitely has his, you know, his blame in all of this, and so does Steve Cohen. But roster construction, man. We talked about it last episode. The roster construction has been poor. It we're seeing it, you know, we see it every series. There's always something, there's always a reason as to why we don't win a game. It could always be stemmed to roster construction. And it it speaks more of an indictment on Billy Upler than it does Buck. I understand that because Buck is just trying to, you know, choose who he puts in the game and manage the game. But it, it, it blame should go all around, but roster construction, man, this team is built like shit. I mean, he could have went out and got in Nathan Avaldi. He could have yep. went out. Who I should have on. I yep. definitely should have on. He could have went out and got in. Um, you know, I don't know. There's a bunch of guys. I I'm just like, you know, it's frustrating. You know, it's just like you sit there and you're just like, yo, why are we bringing? You know, and I, I don't want to shit on Tommy Fan, but like, but this is that's not the answer. That's band aids. No. These are band aids. These are these are blankets over the cracks. You know, you're just saving face. The Vogelbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, who else? Uh, I, I know Escobar's here, but like, Escobar's not going to be here much longer. A lot of these guys, they're on short term deals. So you can tell me the future's bright. Yeah. But you got to replace these guys. Are you replacing them with long term options? I know not everyone's a long term piece. We're not, no, not like the Braves and stuff or the Padres where everyone's getting long term deals. But the point is, is that these windows. Of like the Alonzos, the Lindors, you know, guys like that, they're gonna start shutting. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're yeah. gonna start hitting a wall. Eventually, it's not gonna be the same guy. This is what happens in baseball. Guys decline. You know, got some guys get better over time, but why didn't we go and have trade talks with Milwaukee? Or, I mean, I know we have a bad history with Milwaukee, but why couldn't we go get a a Hunter Renfro? Why couldn't we? You know. Go get a, I don't know, a Mitch Haniger, yeah, something like that. I mean, I mean, the point is, is that there's guys out there every year that you know you're like, yo, Jock Peterson, look, we Cody like, Bellinger, we we Cody is a good one. Um, but Jock had Jock, we couldn't get because there was like a player option, so he picked the state. But I think a, a perfect example is they like veterans, right? They need bullpen help, right? They like to, you know, they like to kind of like, they, they, you think they want to spend a lot of money, but, you know, for some, some players, they like to, you know, sit here and say it's, it's, a, it's a nice cheap, cheap deal and we get the most out of it. They could have got Jesse Chavez. Jesse Chavez is one of the best relievers in baseball this year. Where is he pitching? Atlanta. Because he knows he's a winner. You know what I'm saying? Jesse Chavez, were, Jesse Chavez was pretty awful, though, for a long time. I know. So. But you know what? I'd rather Jesse Chavez than Jeff fucking Bridgham. Fair. You got no argument from me there. You know what I'm saying? But that's the point, yeah. you know? Like, you there's 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 savvy ways to go about roster construction and, and, and handling the analytics side of baseball, handling the personnel side of baseball, putting it together with a veteran manager and a lot of pieces that you want to see grow within the clubhouse. But as of right now, they said all the pressure is on Nimmo, Lindor, Alonzo, because you guys did it for us last year. You're going to do it again. Uh, Big Neil, 
you know, we'll move you up and down and figure you out. Marte, same thing. And um, when it's ready, we'll we'll bring up the kids. But as for right now, those three guys, Lindor, Alonzo, Nimmo, they are the most important players on the team. One of them isn't signed. The other two are. I'm assuming they are going to sign Alonzo. And then you move to the pitching side of things. That's that's a that that's a podcast in itself. We don't have time for that. That's a lot darker. You know what I'm saying? That is a lot darker. Because <laughs> real quick, even if you want to replace these guys, which you can't because you're stuck with them financially, there's there's guys out – if you look at the free agent market, the guys that are going to be available, the majority – let me be clear. The majority of players that will be available this offseason, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, you know, these guys aren't having fantastic career years in their walk year. Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. Uh, Julio Urias. Who, uh, people love Urias, but he's not doing very well. His arm, his arm, he might have too many tires on the arm. So yeah. I'm just saying, guys, you want to go give him, you want to go throw the world of money at more veteran pitches that you're going to hate within one year? Because they may have one good year, and then the next year we all, boom, just like Scherzer. Right. So just be careful what you wish for. Um that's a wrap up on this episode. We're we're gonna just give you real quick, uh, you know, amazing of the week and bozo of the week. Um, eventually, we're gonna have a trade target uh, episode. But you know, being that this week we had so much <laughs> shit go down in Metland, and we just had to kind of just vent. It was one of those vent episodes. It's just yeah. we just talk, and it just kind of goes where it goes. It is what it is. Shit that you hear on Twitter, shit that you hear with your buddies at work, or you know, in your text group. Um, by, by no means do we have any answers. We have none. I mean, no, you, you disagree with the whole hitting coach firing. I mean, whatever. I'm just saying that's probably what could happen. Um, but I, I genuinely don't have no answer other than the kids should play as much as possible because the veterans have the back of the baseball card to prove to you that they will not succeed along with the fact that you don't know what you're going to get with these kids. You could get a, a lightning in a bottle. You never know. So you got to go with the, the odds. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that being said, who's your Bozo of the Week, brother? Bozo of the Week. Um, I know that we've been gone for almost two weeks. Uh, Bozo of the Week definitely goes to Justin Verlander. Good pick. Um, Colorado, he had a horrible start. Then... You're facing Atlanta. This is where we need you. This is why we brought you in because the other guys couldn't do it last year. And you shit yourself yet again. Um, obviously, I'm a big believer. I was a big believer in Justin Verlander. You know, me and you had a very long conversation about him and DeGrom. And obviously, DeGrom is, you know, out we now. Both but wrong. That's <laughs> we were both wrong. Yeah. We, we ended up both well, being I, wrong. I will yeah. say one thing I was right about was. You know, Verlander was going to be our, you know, this era's version of Tom Glavin. But continue. That's fair. I mean, the other guy pitched, what, four games? But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, Justin Shit. Verlander, you fucking suck. You're the bozo of the week. Please get better or else, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I don't know. I can't even say I'll stop watching because I enjoy doing this podcast. So please do better. You know, lately watching them, <laughs> watching them get. First of all, watching them, the kids is why I watch. Because I don't give yeah. shit anymore. Oh yeah, oh, Bo, my God, Bo Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, vote for Francisco Bo Alvarez. Francisco, Francisco Alvarez. Um, because you know, 
I don't want that Braves catcher being the starter, but whatever. Um, yeah, fuck him. Um, yeah, uh, I lost my train of thought. This fucking Verlander has just fucked me up. Um, I guess I'll just this podcast went way too long. Um, fuck the Mets. Yeah, I watch because you know the kids, and I just kind of watch because I like chaos. It's actually fucking hilarious that we, you know, we we've. Oh yeah. It's just want everybody to know the more you want Vogel back out, the more I want Tommy Hunter out. That's that's how I'm at. But, anyways, my my bozo of the week, I could go Epler, I could go Buck, I could go Tommy Hunter, which I want to. I could go Verlander, who's a great pick. I gotta my bozo of the week is not gonna be a popular one. But I have to say this a controversial pick. The ladies are not gonna like this one. But when you swipe right on Tinder, you know what I'm saying? You got to finish your dinner. If you get that match, little clicky, you got to finish your dinner. Yeah. yeah. And when, and when, you, when you, you get the opportunity to finish your dinner, you got to bring it home. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring it home. The fellas got to know the whole story. And yep. ever since my man Drew Smith done swiped right and got his clicking, we have not been told the correct story. My man has lost all his fucking mojo. Drew Smith... I liked you. I wanted to like you. We traded the great Lucas Duda for you. But now, you know what? I'm going to call you Duda Smith. You know what I'm saying? Because you doo-doo. You are the bozo of the week, bruh. And they put a lot of confidence and a lot of stock in you. So, Duda Smith, you the bozo. Um, Let's take a pick. My amazing of the week, and then we'll go to you. Oh, uh, shit, man. I, I mean, I want to give it to Alvarez. I, I just don't know how else I can't. It has to be Alvarez. I, yeah. The only guy I was probably considering giving it to was, oh, man. Yeah, it's got to be Alvarez. I was going to give it. Who, who? What's the name of our first base coach? Big dude. Chubby dude. Oh, oh, oh I forgot my his God. Name. Escobar's favorite, favorite yeah. guy. Oh. I was going to give it to him because – Oh, he, he, he has the worst job in sports. That motherfucker stands every day. I know he got plantar fasciitis because there's nothing going on between my innings. That poor guy. So shout out to him. But uh, <laughs> shout out to him. But it's got to be Francisco Alvarez. <laughs> you're, oh, you're that's funny. My amazing of the week. Obviously, I have a love affair with Francisco Alvarez. No, uh, you know, it's no secret about that. But I'm gonna sway. You know, you already you, you gave your flowers to Francisco Alvarez. I've been doing it for like the past three episodes. I'm gonna go with Tommy Pham. Tommy oh, that's Pham. a great pick. Tommy, great pick. Great pick. Tommy Pham has had a fantastic week. He's at like four home runs. He smacked the shit out of them. Yeah, he's uh, in the process. Yeah, he's he's been playing very good ball, and I I like to see him in the lineup. I know that he's the high hand. Let's roll with it. Um, yeah, forget Marcana. Let's let's yeah. roll with the high hand. There's no there's no use for Marcana. We, we 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 don't need to watch him play baseball anymore for this team. Um yep, I agree. Yeah, and you know what? We weren't high on fam, but you know what? Hey, hey, you won us over. I mean, I don't like to get too high on these kind of guys because they're not right. the, the, the the answer. Um, not sustainable. Right. Yeah. But yeah. hey, look, you had a great week. So you know what? No sh- no slander coming from my way. Shout out to Tommy Fam. Um 
before we wrap it up, just want to say again, thank you to Shea Media for bringing us on board. We are very excited to uh, be partnering up with you guys and um, be seeing a lot more content from us along with the folks over at Shea Media. So shout out to Shea Media. Thank you once again. Uh, Shea and Sons podcast will be, you know, thriving as much as the team is smelling like pure shit. So thank you again, Shea Media. Thank Um, you, guys. One last message. Um, If you want to talk to the Shea and Sons podcast... You know where you can find us. You don't have to tweet us. You don't have to do anything cute like that. If you want to have a conversation with Keyshawn and Keith Diaz, you know where to find us. And I know you're going to be watching. So shout out to you and you and that one individual only. Um, and that's all I got this week, baby brother. How you feeling, though? We, we think we're going to turn it around? What's up? Come on. Listen, man. The Mets are going about the same the same pace as my dating life right now. So, you know, it's not looking good. But we're going to get we'll get it back together, you know, we'll we'll get there, you know. We'll, we we got to work on ourselves though. We got to really like take a look in the mirror, work on ourselves, you know what I mean? Listen to some Snow Allegra, you know what I mean? Get really deep in our feelings and get 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 past the point, you know what I mean, of of self-reflection. And and find a way through this. You know what I mean? Listen to some Sade, some Maxwell. We'll get right through it. You know what I mean? Just have that moment of self-reflection. You know what I mean? And, right. and you know what I mean? We're going to keep swinging. All right, Issa Ray. I hear you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's episode number oh, 10. <laughs> oh, bring it back one time for the one time. <laughs> That's episode number 10. <laughs> Fuck the Mets. <laughs> Let's fucking go Mets. Thanks for checking out the Shade Sun Podcast. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. And stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>